This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. This is the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show, number 61, and I'm your host, Eric Render King Fisk. This time I talk with Doug Palumbo about summer movies of 2016 and then binge watching Stranger Things on Netflix. We also talk about why some classic movies should never be remade and the consequences studios should pay when they do so. So thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Fucking thing sucks! You're gonna want that cowbell! What have we been up to lately? I was calling you dirty names because I was testing the mute on the microphone. Oh, oh, that's what you were doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, you you wanted to know what hot topics we we're going to be talking about today? Right. I tried calling you earlier. What up? Um, I ha- I had an issue. Whereas is that um, I don't know if this is good fodder for the podcast or whatever. But the thing it's is, not, cut it out. Okay. Um, I had a um a reaction to something I drank in my medications this morning. Mm-hmm. And I was I was out for the count. I was doubled over with some serious stomach cramps. Not stomach cramps, but gas. And just on a whim, I poured a little bit of tonic water that I drank with my pill. Because I thought it was water. I just There was just this, this uh, glass of water on the counter. And I thought, oh, that, that must be my water from this morning. And I took my pill, and uh, I had a serious case of gas. Whereas it was like, I, I, it literally felt like my stomach was, um, and my guts were like being ripped apart in eight different directions. So Do you was, normally have that reaction to tonic water? Tonic water and my medication. Why would it make a difference? Is it because of the quinine? I think it is because of the quinine. It, the thing is, is that, because the thing is, I took one of my pills and I dropped it in the, um, uh, in another glass of fresh tonic water, and it fizzed like crazy. It, uh. it was like, oh my goodness, and that's what's going on on the inside of Eric. Did you try doing that with plain water and see what happens? Nothing happens. Huh. It just well, it just dissolves. You go. The pill just dissolved. I wonder if it would do the same thing in, um, like, uh, seltzer, plain yeah, seltzer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, of course, the thing is, is like, I mean, I, I, I don't want to waste these pills at all. Um, I'm not saying that they're expensive, but the thing is, is that it's just that I need them. Well, you know, because you're going through the, the, the change. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I'm having a perimenopausal moment right now. <laughs> hey, look, it, it doesn't change how I feel about you. Oh, that's great. Thank you. As a matter of fact, just reinforces what we already knew. <laughs> that that my life <laughs> has meaning when other people laugh about <laughs> the, the 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 silly problems that I go through. So do we want to do we want to talk about um, summer movies at all, or is it even worth talking about summer movies? Yeah, sure. Why not? Well, I don't know what to say other than the fact that, with the exception of Captain America: Civil War. There was, I think that there was only like two really sort of bright spots for the for uh, summer movies. Oh, you want to talk about this summer's movies, not yeah. next summer. No, this, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, not not next summer's movies. I I've, I haven't seen any of those yet. 
But, I know, but we could talk about them. But let's talk about this summer. Go ahead. So the thing is, is that there's only two movies that I saw that were that I thought were worthy of my my entertainment dollar, and that was Captain America: Civil War, which was everything that it was supposed to be and more. Mm-hmm. It's like these Marvel movies just seem to just know how to keep getting better and better, or at least remain as strong and powerful as the the first Avengers movie. Um, and, and the thing is, is that this was really not a Captain America movie. It was more like an Avengers movie because it, it had it had it was more okay. like a continuation of the most recent um, Avengers movie. It was it was uh, it was a great follow up. That was Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron. It really sort of picked up where Age of Ultron picked up uh, left off. And there was a lot of um, it, it was it was. It was a, just a simply a great ensemble movie without too much of Captain America in it. I, I don't know how else to explain it. It did not it did not feel like a Captain America movie. It felt like an Avengers movie. I have my thoughts on that, but let me hear about your you were gonna talk about two movies. And the other one was obviously Civil War and Star Trek Beyond. I thought that's that a great movie. It was I thought it was a phenomenal movie, and I thought it was it is everything that a Star Trek movie should be. Um, but a lot of people had accused it of being an action adventure movie, um, in the disguise of a Star Trek movie. And a lot of people, that's are, what Star Trek movies are, aren't they? I think they, I think that since maybe the wrath of Khan, they've been that. I think that since, well, the, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, Star Trek and action adventure go hand in hand. I mean, you can't have Star Trek without action adventure. Um, you know, I, you could, yeah. but it would be just a couple, you know, guys and some aliens and, you know, a few women sitting around talking. And, Space oh, well, C-Pan. that's fine, yeah. but yeah. you need to see Kirk, you know, you know, punching a Klingon in the throat or something. You, know, you, you, need, you need that sort of, you know, flying kick to the chest exactly. that he used to do. But, you know, neither movie that you spoke about was perfect, and but just to go to Star Trek for a second. You know, there's a lot of flaws in that movie, but, um, and, you know, people say things like, oh, it's a, it's a great popcorn movie. And I think that could be a good thing and a bad thing. But in this case, I think it's a good thing. It's just, it was entertaining. It was, uh, it, you know, I, I forgot about the real world for the two hours or so that I was sitting in there. Um, I was engaged by the characters. I thought it was uh, funny and charming and everything that a movie should be. And I don't. I, I left the theater thinking that I got my money's worth. And I think that's what a movie should do. You shouldn't leave a movie theater going, oh, shit, I shouldn't have paid for that. Or, you know, wish I could get my money back. Or, you know, this, that, or the other thing. If you leave mostly happy, then the movie did a good job. And um, I thought it was just fun. And it... it Although I really enjoyed Simon Pegg's and um, the other guy's name is Doug something. I forget his name. But they made a great script. Uh, I will say that the the biggest annoyance in, in, in the movie for me was, uh, although I like Scotty, Simon Pegg's Scotty as a character and the way he portrays him, eh, the, the whole Lassie thing. Yes. Um, yes. Really got on my nerves, where he kept calling the um, 
the girl with the white face, um, Lassie all the time, Lassie this, Lassie that. And it was just like, all right, I get it. You're Scottish. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just, it was, it, it was a little too much. Um, it just was annoying. Other than that, I found it very entertaining and, um, they are clearly, uh, Star Trek fans because there's, there were some pretty deep cuts in that movie in regards to, you know, Easter eggs and nods to the fans with, uh, you know, different, um, star dates and, um, you know, just different references. They, they reference enterprise, uh, a couple of times they yes. reference, you know, some of the other shows and just different ideas and, you know, enterprise being, as we've talked about my favorite incarnation of star Trek, um, for a lot of reasons, it just, it was nice to see that they didn't forget about, you know, uh, the often forgotten about show because it's, it was a really well done show enterprise. And so it was nice to see them reference it a few times. Um, just, and obviously spoilers, they, you know, at the end of the movie, when they show the, uh, picture of the old crew, you know, the William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy and DeForest Kelly and Michelle Nichols and the rest of the gang. That was a really, that was a touching moment. And yeah, not overdone. I didn't think it was. And, you know, some people might say, oh, you know, that was obligatory or that was so heavy handed. I I didn't think so. I thought it was a nice little surprise. I mean, I saw it coming, but, uh, you know, when he had the box and everything, but it was really well handled. And I mean, they could have done it a couple different ways, but they didn't drag it out. It was a nice touch and they moved on Um, because, you know, it's not I'm not trying to be mean. It's not their movie anymore. It's not the original crew's movie yeah, anymore. And, I, yeah, I totally understand um, where you're coming from they there. They did a nice touch of honoring them. And they did a, you know, it was just a fun, great movie. And I'm telling you, um, Zachary Quinto as Spock really nailed the Spockiness of it while giving him, if I may say, a lot more character and a lot more, a lot more to, uh, to, to really look at and, and and admire about the character. I'm not saying that Leonard Nimoy did a bad job because, of course, he didn't. But I think Zachary Quinto really, out of all the new actors in, in those roles, um, I think Zachary Quinto really um, is owning the character of Spock. Yeah. And, 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 and giving him another dimension beyond, you know, Leonard Nimoy. I think that it was like there was a lot of things about this movie that I just could not help but like because the thing is everything from the set design to the costume design um, to the the entire story everything that behind the the story and I actually wrote a review for um, Star Trek Beyond for a fan publication and I, I don't want to spoil anything and I hope it gets published and I hope it gets published soon so I can tell you all about it. And all the background. Can you say what fan publication? Um, I, I, I don't want to say it in the event that they decide not to use it, and I don't want people to say, "Oh, those bastards," and not ever enjoy that publication again. Um, because are you of, allowed because, if whether they do or don't publish it? Are you allowed to then use it on the Fedora Chronicles? If they don't, no? u- if if they don't use it, I will. I will definitely. Um, I'll definitely republish it on the Fedora Chronicles if they don't. If they don't use it. And and I'll and I'll post a link um, uh, on on the on our main page, the Fedora Chronicles, to let everybody know 
that it's there. But the, the one of the things that there's a, there were a couple of moments when I was uh, when I was watching Star Trek Beyond with my with my wife and kids is that there were those moments when it sort of felt like somebody had wrote a fan script to an Indiana Jones movie and something you know about you know um Indiana Jones and and some of his closest friends who are you know flying down to like uh, the uh, the the Florida Keys to do some 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 late summer fishing and they get caught up in a tornado and they wind up not a tornado but a hurricane and they wind up in the Bermuda Triangle with all these other um boats and airplanes and ships and they have to piece something together so that they can get out and you know tell the rest of the world about what's going on in the, the Bermuda Triangle. There were a lot of times that it felt as if um it it there were some elements to it that it was definitely Indiana Jones esque, as it were. Okay. There was a and there was I think that there was a lot of it. I, and the thing is is that I really don't think that Star Trek Beyond was just a salute to the, all the Star Trek fans and the Star Trek history. Um, I noticed there, there were there were a couple of moments where as it's like you can see like maybe nods and salutes to like buddy movies like Lethal Weapon with McCoy and Spock. Um, sure, there was a, there was a, there was a lot of that. And and the thing is is that I think that the the writers of this movie didn't want to just do a Star Trek tribute movie. They wanted to do a tribute movie to all the great movies in 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 the in the nineteen eighties. That's that's how it came off to me. I'm very because I kept thinking, oh, that reminds me of Lethal Weapon, or yeah, I I think you're right. And there was this right, and I think that um, I'm sorry, go ahead. There was this thing where it's like the ship that they used that they finally used to sail away, that was hidden underneath Mm -hmm. the rock. That reminded me of the Goonies. I was laughing because. They stole that idea from the Goonies. <laughs> no, I mean I didn't think that, but I could see why one would. Um, that that was just one of the references to Enterprise because I think that was the NX02. No, NX04 or something like that. It was it was it was uh, one of the direct descendants of, uh, or maybe the precursor to the Enterprise NX01. Um, so you know that was a nice nod, but. Um, I think you're right about that. It was a uh, it was a love story to not only Star Trek but just uh, movies that people of that age, you know, our age really, that you know, grew up watching movies of the '80s. You could tell that they were fans of not only Star Trek but movies in general. The people that made the movie, and uh, it it really it really showed, and it just made a great fun movie. Um, what were you, you were talking about something before, and it made me want to say something. We were talking about Captain they, America, Civil War. Talking about tribute. No, it was stars. Star Trek. Yeah, well, so, all the set, that happens to me a lot lately. Yeah, so, you're going through the change of life. If it comes to me, if it if it comes to me, I'll mention it. But going to Civil War, it's oh, I remember what I was going to say about Star Trek. Good lord, um, what I liked most about the movie, and I didn't realize this until sometime afterwards was that the the villain um played by Idris Elba you know maybe you can put a, another note at, at the beginning to let people know that we're going to be talking spoilers if they haven't seen these movies but um was essentially a macguffin like the the this was the first movie that I've seen that had a a powerful villain and was not the focus of the movie. Like you have 
the Jack Nicholson's Joker was the movie in the 1989 Batman. You had uh, Ricardo Montalban in The Wrath of Khan. He was the movie. Um, pick a pick a movie where they have a strong villain, and the villain is the movie. This movie was not like that, in my opinion. It was like the bad guy was there, and you know he had his plan and everything, and they had to stop him. But he was not the movie. The characters were the movie. You know, um, the villain didn't overshadow the heroes, and the heroes, the the interpersonal stories was the movie and it was quite refreshing I thought especially when you have you know the scenes between like you said Bones and Spock and uh, Kirk and the rest of the crew and everybody else in between and introducing new characters it was those were the movie that was the movie and yes it just made for a good uh, a good viewing experience and the bad guy was secondary yeah I thought that I thought that that Which was I a really great. I thought that was a great. Another thing that I want to say about uh, about this this specific Star Wars <laughs> Star Wars movie, Star Trek movie, is is the one of the things I've always hated about Star Trek is the costumes. The costumes just never looked like real military uniforms. They they, they didn't look like star. They didn't look like military uniforms. In the original series, they didn't look like military uniforms. In the next generation. They didn't look like military uniforms in Deep Space Nine or Voyager. The only time that they actually... That's why I like... That's one of the reasons why I like Enterprise. And the thing is, is that the uniforms that they wore, like the survival jackets and, and all like that, that looks like something that you would actually wear on another yeah, planet. functional. It actually looks like something that somebody would actually wear on, on another planet. And it was like, where the hell has that been all this time? And and it's like, if you ever, if you ever like stopped and thought, think about it, it was like, there's no way to separate or determine like who's who on, you know, on any of these shows, because everybody has uniforms that are just so universal and generic. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, there there are some small aspects, but it was just like, that's one of the things that always takes me out of the show. Whenever I'm watching it, um, the only like the only real sort of military esque uniforms are like in the the original series after Wrath of Khan and and then straight through to the Undiscovered Country. Those look like mm-hmm. th- those look like real uniforms, as it were. Um, but I I thought that that was it was appropriate that okay the thing is these people are stranded on a planet and all like that and all the life pods have. Um, little survival kits with them that includes like a jacket and and a phaser tricorder and all yeah. like that. And I thought that was that was a fucking awesome idea. That was fucking brilliant. It makes perfect sense because on my ship in the navy we had lifeboats, and the lifeboats were supplies. You know, it'd be stupid to have a lifeboat without a supply. So a supply kit. So you know, yeah, it 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 just added that level of of uh, realism, so to speak. Yeah. So, do you want to move on to another movie, or because I, I I got well, you had mentioned Civil War, and I was going to say that I am a big fan of Marvel, but uh, you know, I'm I'm a little worried, you know, because it was good. I really enjoyed it, and of course, you know, Spider Man makes his appearance, which was uh, phenomenal. And I thought Tom Holland did a great job as Peter Parker and Spider Man, but um, I'm. 
Marvel is so they they have this this Marvel Cinematic Universe down to such a science now that I'm afraid that they're gonna go, oh, it's a Marvel movie, they'll like it. You know, that right. they're not that they're gonna become unwilling to take chances. Uh kind of like they did with Guardians of the Galaxy. To me, that was a big gamble. It was a great gamble. And, uh, though. Who knows? I I'm a Marvel fan, and I barely know who the Guardians of the Galaxy are. It's like why, you know, they clearly have a plan, but it's like I don't want them to that to be their only gamble. I want them to push it, and uh, I hope Doctor Strange is one of those you know happy gambles. But I don't want them to go well. You know, it's a Marvel movie; they'll like it. You know, whatever we we feed to the masses, they'll just eat it up. I don't want them to do that. I want them to continue to push and you know, make, uh, make changes to the characters, make them, you know, own, own the property and, you know, don't play it safe. And I'm afraid that they might fall into that, but I hope that they don't. Yeah. I, the thing is with all of these Marvel movies is that, um, I have yet to be disappointed with any one of them. I mean, I even loved Iron Man too. I thought I Iron Man two was just simply phenomenal. Not as good as uh, number one and three, but they were still pretty damn. It was still a pretty damn good movie. Um, I think that they really sort of learned their mistakes from from the past. Um, <laughs> perfect example is Howard the Duck, <laughs> which is like one of the the original Marvel movies that was just like I never left the movie theater so angry that I wanted to burn down the movie theater. Well, I don't know if, I mean, I understand what you're saying, and I don't know if it would be considered a Marvel, I mean, it's been a while, I don't know if Marvel's name is attached to the beginning like it is now, but um, it was a Marvel character, certainly, and uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, I have seen clips here and there recently, and it's pretty horrible, um, I know that's your, that's your uh, kryptonite, so to speak, and mine is Superman Returns, Right, but... Uh, you know, where I left the movie actually angry. Yeah, me too. Um, me too. But um, maybe that could be a, a whole nother show, why we hate these movies so much. But uh, you're right. I think uh, they they had a, a, a few uh, misses in the, in the beginning, so to speak, of their bringing Marvel characters to life, whether it was on TV or in the movies. And uh, Marvel's always seemed to do that, as opposed to DC. Um you know, there has been live action. I mean, you know, they had the Batman 66 show. Um, and maybe outside of, uh, I'm not talking recently, but outside of that, there was nothing. Right. And now, you know, DC has Supergirl and Flash and Legends of Tomorrow and Green Arrow. And, you know, they're sort of, uh, they're sort of dominating television. Yeah. Uh, but Marvel has been in the game a long time. The Incredible Hulk. Um, they had some Captain America TV movies. They had um, Thor and Daredevil in The Incredible Hulk, one of those television movies. Um, you know, they've had so many uh, movies. Mar uh, Blade, Howard the Duck. They've, now I'm not saying all of them have been great, but they've been in the game. So they have, I think, a lot more practice. Um, generally speaking, trying to bring their characters to life. Um, right now, I think um, DC is definitely dominating the um, animated world of their characters because the DC animated movies are just 
hugely popular. Um, and Marvel has some animated stuff on TV, but very few feature-length animated projects. Um, but their movies are undoubtedly, you know, superior in a lot of ways in a lot of people's minds to the DC movies. Um, does that mean that DC can't make a good live-action movie? No, I think they make fine movies. I saw, you know, people were shitting all over Suicide Squad. I thought it was a fantastic movie. Um, maybe not fantastic. I was very entertained. I was not disappointed by it. But then again, I'm not a big fan of the characters, and I wasn't invested in the characters, so I went in with little expectation. Someone who's a huge fan might have a problem with the movie, but I think that if DC can take more chances like that and do, I'm not saying do what Marvel did, but do something similar maybe where they give the movies to people who have a passion for it, like John Favreau, who did Iron Man. You know, it's like, he was an actor. I didn't know he was a director before that. It's like, you know, who the hell is he to be making a movie like this? And they that clearly worked for them because that first Iron Man movie, you know, started essentially the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, so if DC can figure that formula out, I think they'll be really successful. I I just think that people, I don't know. I don't know if they expected too much or they didn't expect much in the beginning of Marvel. That's why everybody's so surprised. And because Marvel was so successful with their movies that people were expecting too much with DC and they were left possibly disappointed. I don't know what the problem is, but, you know, hopefully with some of these upcoming DC movies like uh, Justice League and another Batman uh, standalone, standalone movie. Yeah, the other ben next Affleck. Man of Steel and the next... Uh, standalone Batman movie, hopefully they can kind of figure that out because, you know, I'm not saying that the comedy elements of the Marvel movies make it, but it shows the humanity of the characters. Like they're real people. Yeah, and, you know, the DC movies are so, you know, I hate this, you know, everything's dark, and but they're, they're, they're so dark and depressing and there's no fun. There's, there's no life in those characters. And so it can become a little bit of a letdown. I don't think they um, get it. I don't I don't think that I don't think they actually understand what it is that they're supposed to be doing with these with a lot of these movies. I mean, you you look at a movie like um uh The Dark Knight. Um I think that that's the last really great DC movie that I've seen that I actually liked. I didn't like Man of Steel that much. I didn't I you know, um I, I didn't like Batman v Superman all that much. I haven't seen the supercut yet. Uh, there's a lot of, and I, I just haven't been really all that impressed with any of these recent movies since um, the Dark Knight. I didn't even, I mean, you know, the follow-up to that, uh, you know, Dark Knight Rises. Um, that was a huge, huge disappointment. I have not seen the movie um, from beginning to end, and I have to say, I'm probably one of the rare few people. But I mean, I, I liked um, the Dark Knight with Heath Ledger, but I was not. I mean, I wasn't super impressed. I thought that Heath Ledger certainly brought something to the character of the Joker that we haven't seen before, but he wasn't. Um, I thought that, and we might maybe have talked about this, but I thought Aaron Eckhart as Two Face. Um, not only had a harder job 
but also did a better job in, you know, making his acting choices and bringing that character to life than Heath Ledger did. Um, I would have been more than happy to have seen if it was like a two-faced villain for the whole movie, you know, um, I would have been completely happy with that, with he, with um, Aaron Eckhart as Two-Face. Um, because much like Batman, and maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but once you put on that suit, you know, you still have to be a good actor, but you're Batman. There is no, you know, the, the you know, the, the, the suit maketh the man. And um, you can be a terrible Batman, but a lot of the heavy lifting is done once you put that suit on. Same with the Joker. You know, you put that makeup on and, you know, you get the green hair and the purple jacket. I mean, the Joker's supposed to be crazy. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Heath, Leather, Heath Ledger did a bad job because he didn't, but, uh, you know, he just, I, I, it, it's hard for me to say sometimes, but I just think that Aaron Eckhart, did a much better job as an actor than Heath Ledger did as a Joker because he has to be good and bad at the same time. It's not as cut and dry as the Joker being, you know, a wacky bad guy. You, you know just what I have mean? to be insane all the time. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't I don't know if it works all the time for everybody or 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 whatever. But you look at what Heath Ledger did with that role, and and it was just like you've never seen a Joker like that, with the exception of in in the comics. And I, was, I, I completely agree, but and maybe I should say that the Joker has never been my favorite villain. You know, he's, um, you know, he is what he is. You know, there's, um, and I haven't read every Joker story, so I don't know, but he seems rather um, uh, flat as a character, and maybe that might make a lot of people mad, but, um, and I know lately they've been, you know, they've been, you can only make him crazier and crazier. Like there's a you know, point how, where how far can you push it? You know, just like um, like a horror movie. You know, you can only go so far, and then you got to go into the grotesque, like with uh, you know the Saw movies or Human Centipede. It's like how far do you push it before it becomes too much and becomes just ridiculous? Um, I kind of feel that way with the Joker. You know, characters like Two Face or um, Catwoman, for that matter, you know they're 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 conflicted. You know they're not always bad, and they're not good people either. Like there there's a conflict there. There's no conflict with the Joker. He's bad, and um, it's just you know maybe that's part of it. Maybe because he's not one of my favorite villains, that you know I that tainted my view of Heath Ledger's performance. So do we want to move on to Ghostbusters? <laughs> I have no, I have no opinion on Ghostbusters. Tell you the truth, because uh, I haven't seen it. I'm going to tell so you. Really I'm, I'm going to tell you something right now, and I'm going to explain. And I can actually like make, I can make it. I could burn up 20 minutes on a podcast talking about how I will never see this movie, and I can give you a long list of reasons, and I'm sure that most of them will piss other people off. But the first and foremost is is that. There are a couple of movies that you should never, ever be allowed to remake. You should never, ever, ever be allowed to remake a handful of movies, especially classics. Um, I say so. I don't think that you should ever remake Citizen Kane. 
I know you're not as big of a fan of Citizen Kane as I am. You should never, ever be allowed to remake Casablanca. Um, Why? No, I just because the thing is, is that I don't disagree with you. I'm just I'm playing. It's it's such an iconic movie, and and the thing is, is that it was like no matter what it is that you do, like if you if you can imagine a universe where you could possibly make a better version of Casablanca without Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman, um, and if you change it or martyrize it, like (laughs) like the thing is, is that they tried to do with. What's his face? Um, Robert Redford in Havana or Pamela Anderson in in Barbed Wire. Those are two examples of people trying to remake Casablanca. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that and they failed miserably. And it's sort of like the Casablanca curse. You cannot fucking you can't touch that. You it's it's perfect just the way it is. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark is another fine example. It's perfect just the way it is. Don't remake it. At all, period. Don't touch it. It's not. It's not yours to touch. Can they have further adventures with a different actor? Yeah, I think we've talked about that before, and I would. I would say that I would be interested to see what they would, would do with the character after Harrison Ford. But I don't think anybody should be allowed to remake. There's a. I mean, there's a, there's a pile of movies that I don't think that anybody should ever remake. Period. I I feel the same way about certain movies, and you know, ultimately, you know, it's not. It's not for us to decide because we don't own the characters. They can do with them what they want. But as fans who pay for these, you know, I think certain things, you know, we 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 have a say in or we, we feel like we have a say in. Like, I don't think that uh, like the Karate Kid is one, of, you know, I'm not saying it's a perfect movie. The one from the 80s, Pat right. Morita and yeah. Ralph Macchio, but very few movies that I've seen have been able to capture that sort of chemistry between, you know, teacher and student, father and son, um, you know, mentor and, uh, you know, young person, you know, coming of age and, you know, call it what, what, what you want. That's what it is. It's a, you know, it's that kind of story. And very few movies have been able to capture that, that chemistry so naturally and beautifully between those two actors and um, you know, you can't, you know, that's not written into the script. That's that, that happened organically. Right. And right. You, if you try to remake that, um, that's, that's where they fail because you can't manufacture that. I mean, I guess you can to some degree, but you really, um, it, it'll look like you're doing it as opposed to it just happening. Um, that's why I think it, you know, failed miserably the remake. I mean, I like Jackie Chan. I thought he was charming as, uh, the Miyagi type character. Right. But, um, it just, it failed as, as a whole, you know, it, it looked like, you know, like a souffle, like a beautiful souffle. But once you, you know, poke it with a fork, it just deflated. And, um, you know, mostly because of oh, a lot of things, but and this isn't just picking on this movie; it's an example of remakes in general. But it's like you know, it's called the Karate Kid, but yet they're doing kung fu in China. I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking you know, the same. It's not thing. Japanese, and there's a lot of reasons. And remakes in general kind of fall into that same trap where 
they it's called this, but they're doing a different movie. You know, why not just make a different movie? And, um, you know, same with like uh, there's been rumblings and I don't think it's very serious, but like Back to the Future, another one of those movies where, yeah, you know, I, I have a personal connection to the movie, but it's one of those rare times where it's like the the chemistry between the, the, the two major stars and all the supporting characters too really was just like, it just, whether they hate each other behind the scenes or is, is irrelevant, on screen it was just, you know, a perfect storm of actor, actress, script, you know, chemistry, everything came together. And to remake that would just, it just wouldn't work. Answer, and I think yeah. going back to Ghostbusters, I haven't seen the remake. Um, I'll see it eventually. But, um, you know, as you know, with, you know, a full family, it's, you know, you have to pick and choose. Oh, exactly. And exactly. That that wasn't on our list, not because it's, you know, girl Ghostbusters, but just because, you know, if we have to pick between seeing Star Trek and Ghostbusters or something a lot, hey, we're picking Star Trek. Oh, without a doubt. Even if it was a re even if it was Ghostbusters three with the original cast, we still would have gone to see Star Trek. Um, but I I don't know. It just didn't. It it seemed again. I could be wrong. I haven't seen it, but it seems to be that that type of movie where the intention was good and they tried to do it, but yet it failed. I think it failed for a lot of reasons in, in, in terms of um, kind of like Suicide Squad where people just shit all over it for no good reason and then right, everybody right. kind of went on that bandwagon I think that was part of it but also because of you know it's hard to beat and they're all fine actresses you know they're all funny in their own right but it's hard to beat that chemistry of Dan Aykroyd Harold Ramis, Bill Murray um, I was going to say Winston Zedmore um, <laughs> Ernie Hudson, yeah. you know, Annie Potts, Rick Moranis. Uh, uh, help me out. Sigourney Ripley. Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. It's like, it's it's hard to beat that. And, you know, people expect that. Even if it's a remake, they expect that flavor. And, you know, you 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 give them, you know, uh, a, 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 a sundae made out of vanilla chocolate strawberry with bananas and whipped cream and cherries and you you present that to somebody and they eat it and it tastes like meatloaf. It's like <laughs> it's 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 a shock. It's not that it's bad. It's just not what they were expecting. And, you know, if you can't make a remake and not give them something that they're used to, you have to include a little bit of it. And from what I understand, like the cameos between Bill Murray and Ernie Hudson, but particularly Bill Murray and. Um, Dan Aykroyd were just like not wasted you know, throwaways. Wasted, yeah, they're, they're, wasted they were throwaways. They weren't playing their old characters in little cameos. They were like completely different characters, which can be confusing. But it's just I don't know. It's just even if they were small cameos, if if they were their original guys, it's like people would have flocked to the theaters to see this yeah. movie to see those people together i will tell you one of the reasons why i will not see this movie is because of the director paul fang i don't know if i'm or fang or whatever however you pronounce his name it doesn't freaking matter um 
And I know that he was one of the co-creators of one of my favorite TV shows, Freaks and Geeks. I, I don't care. I, there's there's a point whereas you cross a line, and once you've crossed that line, there's no going back. There's no going back. He's crossed the Rubicon. With, because, of, because the thing is, is that for all the reasons that you had already explained was a good reason why this movie failed. It was not a continuization of the original Ghostbusters. And it has nothing to do with it being an all-female cast, and it has nothing at all to do with anything else other than the fact that this guy was an absolute complete asshole when it comes to uh, talking to the fans of the original Ghostbusters. And just this freaking... If no matter... It what could, did he say? Because I'm, I'm not... I haven't heard Oh, that, he, so. I mean, he called a couple people out for being assholes. I mean, he literally said, you guys are assholes. And he said, like, fuck off a couple of times and stuff like that. And and he gave this interview to a magazine. He said, look, if you don't like this, then obviously, you know, you're a male chauvinist pig. You know, it, it's like you're a freaking Neanderthal knuckle dragger or whatever. And maybe it's just a bad movie. It has nothing to do with or maybe whatever that, you know, that that mentality, whether it's movies or politics. Oh, you don't like Obama, so you must be racist. Or, exactly. Or you don't want Hillary, so because you must be, you know, like like you said, a, a you know a, a chauvinist or whatever. Well, no, maybe they. Yeah. Just, I don't like them. Their policies, you know, it has nothing to do with them personally, or you know what they are, you know, whether man, woman, black, white, or whatever. Same thing. I think you're saying with Ghostbusters. It's just maybe the movie sucks. <laughs> it's poorly written. I don't know, but you know, there's a lot of reasons. If if you're objective. There's lots of reasons to like or not like a movie. Exactly. Not, not only because of, you know, you know, oh, you must like it because they're women. No, I don't have to like it because they're women. I should like it because they're accomplished actors and comedians. You know, that I should like it because of that, but not because they're women. It better be a goddamn really good movie. And when it's not a good movie... You're going to say to the the fans of the original, well, you don't like it because y you are a practicing misogynist. You are an asshole for saying that. You you are the freaking scum of the earth. You are because mm -hmm. because if people don't like your crap and it's crap, and you're gonna you're gonna accuse somebody of being something that they're not. I mean, I don't know how many times I have to say this. I loved Star Wars: The Force Awakens. I loved The Force Awakens. I was just watching that before we started, and uh, and I and I love Ray. I love the idea of it's a female lead character, in and not and, and not like a throwaway female character like um, I'm sorry, like Tomb Raider, where you know it's a strong character and everything, but she's portrayed by Angelina Jolie. I'm not debating the merits or the or not merits of the movie, but it's like it's. Angelina Jolie in a skin tight suit. That's it. You know, that's the movie. And hey, that that can be successful on its own and and have its own, you know, you know, merits. I'm not saying one way or another, but Ray is a strong female character. Legitimately a hero yeah. or heroine. And you know, um not perfect, has faults. Everything you want in you know, a male hero, but she's a girl or a woman and it's like and, she, and, and she's, she's it's it, it's okay to look up to her. I mean, it's not, you know, it's she's um, it's not like oh that clearly was written for a, a you know a, a male character, but they just switched it to make it a girl to make it you know uh, 
more acceptable. No, they wrote a strong female character. Exactly. And it was portrayed by a good actress and all of that shows. And it, it works beautifully because it works. Not because they're pandering, but because they did a good job with it. Exactly. You look at it you look at a TV show like Xena, Warrior Princess. Mm-hmm. Two strong female characters. That's it. Enough said. And and to say that you don't like this movie because you don't like women or you're a misogynist. And it was like, I, I will never see that movie again. I will never, ever and if my wife and kids want to see it, I'll leave the house. I feel that strongly about the director's comments towards people who may legitimately not like it. Because the thing is, is like if after everything that you know about what this guy said mm-hmm. and he 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 prejudiced the, the conversation, if I tell you it's a good movie, how do you know that I'm not saying that only because I don't want to be labeled as a misogynist right. or chauvinist? I think I don't know if that was a, a direct or a, a purposeful tactic, but saying things like that, like, oh, if you don't like it, you know, you you don't like it because they're women or because Leslie Jones is black and she's gotten a lot of crap. So it's like, you know, uh, you, you must be racist because she's black or I, I don't whatever they're saying. It's like, is that a tactic to, like, shut up the people who might have a legitimate complaint or criticism of the movie? So that, you know, so, you know, I don't know. It just, see, now I'm getting angry (laughs) because of it. You know, it's like, it's okay to have a legitimate, oh, the movie is, I don't know, her acting wasn't good. Pick one. Pick one of the actresses. Well, you're just saying that. No, because I don't like her choices that she made. You know, it's not because of anything else. I mean, I'd say the same thing about a, a male actor, you know. And I, I do think, you know, I'm, I'm answering my own question now. I, I'm not saying Paul Feig, uh, Fiji or what, again, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but maybe he did use it as a tactic when so much hate was coming out that, all right, well, if you don't like this movie, then you're a sexist. Then that shut a lot of people up, you know, and maybe that is on purpose. Yeah. I think I think it was purely purely intentional. I, Which I, is unfortunate, because you know it's okay to you know I've said things to you on the podcast in private or whatever where you know it's like I don't agree with whatever it is that you're doing. Um, sometimes you ask me my opinion. Sometimes I give it without being asked, and sometimes you agree with me and sometimes you don't. Doesn't mean like you know we aren't still friends or whatever. It's just that, and you've done the same to me. It's like, we don't have to agree with each other to, you know, and, you know, just because we don't agree doesn't mean it has to be uncivil. You know, it's okay to not like something. So I don't know, you know, why people get so offended by that, but, you know, to say that, you know, you don't like it or to, to be afraid of saying you don't like it because you don't want to be labeled, uh, you know, a sexist pig or a racist because one actress is black or because, you know, it's a gender swap movie. That's just dopey. It's 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 dopey to be offended that, you know, I don't like it. I'm offended that you're offended. Exactly. <laughs> oh, sweet Jesus. Sweet Jesus. There is like have you been watching any of the Netflix shows? Um 
yes, we've been, well, we've been watching. My wife and I are into um, Man in the High Castle. That's Amazon. Yes. But um, whenever somebody says Netflix, I think of Amazon and Netflix together. Yes. Um, but yet we just started watching, um, we watched the first two episodes of uh, Strange Things, Stranger Things. I've been dying to talk to you about that show. I've only seen the first two episodes. And um, so don't say a thing. I'll tell you. You don't say nothing. Um, so far, I really like it. Of I mean, yeah, yeah. It's it's the kind of show that it, that I that I love to hate. Still, I think on the on the on the homepage, we have my review of Stranger Things, and I made a point not to spoil anything. And one of the things that I really thought was really sort of important to say to the people who haven't watched the show. If you love the the horror movies or the suspense movies, the supernatural movies, whatever, from the 80s, and if you love early X-Files, this mm -hmm. is probably one of the greatest TV shows to ever ever grace the airwaves, as it were. And well, it's even, even after the first two episodes, I said, it looks like Steven Spielberg is involved with this. It, but he isn't. It it looks like it looks like Steven Spielberg and Stephen King got together and said, "Let's do a movie." Uh, had a love child. Had a love child. And this is the result. This is <laughs> this is the, the result. The, the first two episodes, like I said, it's 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 the movie. It's the kind of thing that I love to hate uh, because it's frustrating. Because, but the it's like. Um, at least the first two episodes, and don't confirm or deny or anything like that. I will not. I will not spoil it for you. It's like the first two episodes are like uh, it ends, and you're like, "The fuck!" Like, give me more. Exactly. You can't end it like this. Exactly. And it's like it gives you just enough to keep you interested throughout the show, throughout that episode, and then it ends. Pulse. And you're like, ah. You it, it forces you to watch another episode. Exactly. Because you get so involved. And I'm assuming so far, again, the first two episodes, well acted, well written, everything seems good, but it's infuriating because of that. So I can only assume right. that they can only do that for so long before they give you something, before they kind of oh, absolutely, you go. Absolutely. And, you know, as like a reward for being patient. And um, I'm assuming that's that's coming um, sooner than the end of the season. Like, you know, I'm not saying the next episode or midway through um, the 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 first season, but like, you know, it it's so mysterious, and there's, you know, you start coming up with the story in your head, and then it doesn't play out that way, and it it becomes. Um, not to be weird, but it's like deliciously infuriating. Yes. You know, and but it, I know that they're going to give us something, whether big or small, very soon because they have to. <laughs> they have to give you something to like, you know, instead of scraps like they've been giving you for the first two episodes, they have to give you like, you know, a bone with a little meat on it so you can gnaw on it while, you know, the story is going on. And then you can, you know, oh, hey, OK, here's something else to chew on. So. See, I'm not. I, I, I love it, and I hate it because of that. I'm, I'm purposely not spoiling it, and I'm not giving anything away for the, maybe the five other people other than Doug who have not seen Stranger Things yet. 
because the have thing you seen is the whole series so i've far? seen i've seen the whole series okay and i've gotten to the point now whereas it was i'm i'm actually going back and i'm watching one episode a day starting today and here's one of the things that um they got the 80s right if you want to know if you, not, 100% the clothes the kids it's like they took those kids from the 80s it's and like, it's like they went it's back amazing. in time it's like it's like they filmed this during the 80s and they put it in a vault and they just found the key to the vault and now they're showing it to everybody but the thing is, is that the special effects are not cheesy. And you've, you're only on episode two? Have, have yes. you even started episode three yet? No. Okay. We don't start an episode and then not finish it. We finish it. Okay. It's that kind of a TV show. It's like it is one of those things, whereas um, it's like, I don't mean to make this conspiracy. Uh, I don't mean to compare it to Star Wars Rebels, but I'm going to compare it to Star Wars Rebels in the sense of they have the period correct in the in the the everything like star wars rebels looks like a tv show that they could have filmed before the original star wars episode yes and yes. and you look at stranger things and i mean jesus they must have raided every swap shop and they must have raided every seriously everything the closed the little details like the ashtray where like it's like the little details are like I remember we had one of those exactly and it was like and it's not like I'm sure if you totally picked it apart you'll find something out of place oh I've tried but it's like like even like the architecture of the um the house that in I think it was episode two that they, that that they go to with the for the high school kind of party where there's a couple kids getting together with the pool so eighties it's like the architecture of that house was like. That's that's a that's a nice house from the 80s. Exactly. And it's like how it's just they should get an award. I mean, I don't know if Emmys go to online set design or whatever. Shows, yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, clearly the Emmys should include Netflix because that show just knocked it out of the park. Forget the story for a minute. Just the set design, the the costumes, um everything else but the acting. I mean, the acting's great too, but I'm saying everything else but the acting, it should it should win just on that, because they paid so much attention to the details that it's it's pretty amazing. And it and it and it really honestly sucks you in. Yes. And I'm I, not gonna lie, I don't get I don't get I don't watch scary movies because oh I love scary my, movies. My 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 wife doesn't like them, and I'm not a big fan of horror because horror has like I said earlier has gone from booga booga to you know, human centipede. We've done an and entire show on that. We should do that again. But I'm not into, you know, gore for the sake. I don't mind gore and violence if it means something to the story. And I don't mind shock if it means something to the story. But stuff like human centipede just doesn't interest me. Or saw. You know, it just doesn't. It's the, not horror anymore. It's it's about how far can we push it. And I don't like that. So I don't watch horror because most modern horror is, is that. If I watch a horror movie, it's going to be a, it's going to be probably an older movie, an older horror movie. Um, like I've said before, my 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 favorite scariest movie, or my favorite movies of all time, is M with right, Glory. Yeah, for another time. But um, I'm not gonna lie. When they first, I don't know. I'll stab you in the neck if you tell me anything, but that I'll just call it a creature. Yes. Whatever that thing is, that's not the little girl. 
um, or maybe the little girl is the creature. I don't know, but that that shadowy image of like when um, when when the boy is on his bike and he, he's running through the woods and like you see like just the shadow of like the creature, but in the distance, I'm not gonna lie, it made me uncomfortable. Oh yes, 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 and. And you have. I'm not saying I'm I'm a big tough guy, but stuff like that doesn't normally bother me because it's you can see if you've watched enough movies, yeah, you, you can you know when they're gonna do something, um, you know you know how to read a movie, and even though I, I I saw it coming, it's the cinematography, the way they directed it, the whole package, it just packaged something that is familiar, that I should know about in such a way that it made it fresh again. And it made it like it was the first time I'm seeing something like that. And it 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 scared me a little bit. Like it I'm not saying that I had nightmares that night, but my my dreams were definitely really intense. And that just shows me that they know what they're doing with that show. See, and the thing is, like I said, I do not want to spoil anything for anybody. I mean, I want you to enjoy the show the same way I enjoy the show, going in cold. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, since that's only going to get worse for you, Doug. Okay, be- good. Between, I like that. Between now and the last episode, it's only going to get worse for you. And 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 uh, it's um. It reminds me of everything that I loved about the X-Files, and it reminds me of everything that I loved about my favorite Stephen King movies. And um, it also has a lot of that. Do you remember ever watching Poltergeist, or do you remember watching Poltergeist the first time? Yes, I do, clearly. It reminded me of Poltergeist and how that was such an awesome movie. And it was only PG. Yeah, it was, and that's wrong. It's the sc- we, we, we've had this conversation. That should be an R-rated movie. It is the scariest movie I think that I ever that I saw back in the era, back in the day. Poltergeist is seriously one of the scariest movies, and it's only PG. It works on such a psychological level, and mm-hmm. and the thing is, is that the terror gets kicked up a notch because it involves kids, and when you become a parent, the terror, worse, yeah, the terror is that much more. Mm-hmm. Than you, than you could, than you could possibly imagine, and it was just like, like, dude, that that reminds me of my kid, and that reminds me of my other kid, and if, I, and, yeah. and and the things that some of the parents do in this movie is exactly, it's not what a script writer thinks that a mother would do; it's what a mother would really actually do. Mm-hmm. You know, hang on to every little fucking, in, no matter how po- impossible it could be. You just hang on to all of that, all of those little, those little strands of hope, whatever. And it was just like, it's, and, and that's, as a parent, I think it works on a terrifying level. It works on a level that scares the, scared the crap out of me. And as a kids, you're watching like, oh, I know, hey, that reminds me of, of my friend Aaron and Eamon. And that reminds me of me. And yeah. that reminds me of my brother. And, and, and it was just like, it, geez. And and the thing is, is that when when they reveal these little things that you see coming, or you or, or like the thing is, is that the reveal of the monster, and when when they show you all these all these little origin stories, and it was just like, 
and I'm going to leave this question here, and I, I think that this is the perfect place to end the podcast if we're talking about Stranger Things, is that who's the real monster here? It, yeah. is, it, is it individual human beings? Or is it that these creatures... Aha, uh-huh. watch it. I'm going to watch it. I'm watching. It's like a perfect example. There's this... Um, just, just say who's the real monster. Who's the re- who, who or what is the real monster? And and a, a one a totally unrelated. I was at the library and I was looking at these. At the, they have a, a vast collection of DVDs. And there was this movie that I had totally forgotten. It started Alec Baldwin and um, Anthony Hopkins, and about these two guys who are stranded out in the middle of nowhere. And yeah. Um, and. Uh... Uh, Alec Baldwin is has a thing for Anthony Hopkins' wife, right? Yeah, and there's like a there's like yeah yeah yeah, and they're out in the middle of nowhere in Alaska, I like that movie. and they're being hunted or being stalked by a bear. Yes, if you stop and think about it from the from the from the aspect of the bear's point of view, well, who's the monster? Yeah, the bear's not the bad guy. You and, they're and, the bad guy. They 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 came into his domain. And and you and you look at the whole thing, whereas it's like, um, you know, the original Clash, Clash of the Titans. And I'm getting on something else. I'm kind of getting on another topic. Um, but it's like, you know, the original Clash of the Titans. Whereas these guys go and they have to, like, into Medusa's lair. Well, you know, it really is, you know, if you look at it from another point of view, it's about this angry old woman who gets murdered during a break-in. Into her house. Yeah. And she's tired of it because they keep trying to break into her house. Yeah, exactly. Over and over again. Exactly. I mean, she just wants to be left the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. And you look at everything that's going on, and it was just like there's so many other movies that it was just like, well, who's who's the real fucking monster here? That's a good point. And, it, and it, it, it's one of those things where it's just like, I'm going to tell you, if you have not seen Stranger Things, and we are not getting any money for this endorsement... <laughs> Because if we were, we would have done the show a long time ago. It's one How of those. not on? I mean, I'm glad it's not on network television because they wouldn't be able to get away with half the stuff that they're doing. And they'd cut to commercials and all like that dumb. Yeah, shit. it's like you're just in it for the ride until it's over. And from the beginning credits, from the opening credits, it's like it looks 80s. You know, it's like the font, the the the, the style in which they do the opening credits. I mean, it had me at at, at that. You know. And um, it is, it is a phenomenally, only up two episodes in, it is a phenomenally well-made show. And when the show is, is when you watch the final episode and, and you're done with the episode, it leaves you hungry. It leaves you hungry for more and it leaves mm-hmm. you with a lot of thought-provoking issues to deal yeah. with. Yeah. You know, and it, <laughs> it was less like... <laughs> I, after you're done, I think we do have to do an entire show on Stranger Things. Once again, this has been the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show. You can support us by making a donation via paypal.me slash fedorachronicles. We thank you in advance for any support you have to offer. You're the reason why we do this show, and we appreciate your help in keeping the lights on. 
You can also support the show by buying our products at Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. We have countless of products with our logos on them, and we also take special requests. If you have an idea for a product, design, slogan, whatever, let us know. You can get in touch with us via the Fedora Chronicles Twitter and Facebook pages. That's a great way to suggest future topics, tell us what you like about the show, or just keep in touch. We'll even read some of your comments on the air. Finally, thank you once again for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. This is Eric Render King Fisk signing off. Keep your chins up and your fedoras on. I could have used a little more cowbell.